Welcome into the Think Deeper podcast presented by Focus Press. We have a fantastic episode uh, that is actually very interesting, something that Jack has uh, been thinking about. We've been talking about this for a little while. And so he's put together some things we want to get into. But before we do that, we want to remind everybody, we've we've gone on and on about this. Focus Plus is still a thing. (laughs) We're still doing Focus Plus uh, content pretty much every single day. uh, Premium content that I think is fantastic there's there's parts of you know the free shipping and you get discounts and you get pr- uh, premium access on certain things along with jack's scriptural focus videos we're doing revelation class jack and i have been teaching through revelation and our understudied i will be coming out with song of solomon once we're done with that we got all sorts of content and another new thing that we're considering rolling out and we need your comments we need your comments on on facebook and and on any basically anywhere you can email us or comment or message us or whatever else we want to know transcripts we've had a few people ask is that something that you're interested in we are considering rolling that out on focus plus it does take a little bit of work a little bit of editing it is not perfect perfect but uh, there's only a couple times where it can get a little bit um, hairy but most of the time it does a pretty good job and so we're looking at rolling that out as a premium option on focus plus but we'd love to hear from you our listeners and to know is that something that you're interested in is this something that would be worth it and worth our time to make sure that we're coming through and getting that one right so uh, fellas, anything else that we want to that we want to push before we jump into the episode? So make sure if you're not a subscriber, if you are, thank you so much. We're always uh, very appreciative of our Focus Plus subscribers. If you're not, consider that it's very good content for your family, very good content for um, yeah, just for you as as an individual of hopefully things that lift you up, things that help you in your Christianity every day. So just uh, consider that, or consider it a donation to Focus uh, Focus Press. We're always looking for that too. But with that, we're going to get into the episode. And Jack, uh, I'm going to kick it. Focuspress.org slash plus. Um, Perfect. Is there your site's got all your info, how to set it up on your phone, set it up on your computer, access it, all that jazz. So there you go. There you go. All right. Well, Jack, I'm actually going to hand it over to you to intro this episode. All right. We're talking this week bad memeology. Uh, and what we mean by that is since Facebook showed up on the scene almost 20 years ago at this point, good grief. Um, there's been it's been very interesting to see how social media has been used to push the faith and and people to share their faith and in in some really good ways and some bad ways and one of the first things that started happening was bad ideas proliferate really quickly and and a lot of times this happens through memes of people sharing things and and one of the things we've talked about before is things that sound really good until you take a second look at them until you you really think about okay what is this actually saying and and so some of these things, if you're a listener and we, we cover a meme that maybe you've shared before, uh, we're not dropping the hammer on you, but it's just, okay, let's think about the things we're sharing and uh, and think about what these are saying, think about maybe the implications behind them, but also biblically, how should we think about them? So we've got a few we're going to go through. We've got five specific ones, and then we're going to go through kind of a couple of genres of meme uh, that get shared a lot. Uh, one thing we, we did agree to try not to do was, um, describe things too visually. They're mostly going to be uh, text caption ones. And we might say a word or two about what it, it shows on the picture of and the viral memes that go around. But, uh, so we're not gonna be saying, well, there's a guy standing and he's looking down at the thing, you know, like, you know, we're just going to read some quotes, quips, things that get passed around quite a bit to you. Um, Joe had mentioned focus plus, if you are a focus plus subscriber, you have access to the video edition of, uh, 
of think deeper and so you can see i'm going to do some screen sharing here um to share the one that we're talking about and it uh, as, as we go through this but let's go ahead and get started uh let's start off with uh just a really popular one and, and this predate and predates facebook predates social media but it's one that you see very well meaning when somebody passes away heaven got another angel uh and and just the pictures of the clouds or a harp or gates or you know things like that that are usually set with it um why not heaven got another angel why uh what, what do we got against this one well it sounds really good i mean it, it sounds very spiritual it as do all of these it sounds comforting exactly it sounds very comforting of like wow you know it's it's they've gone up to be with god and they got another angel well the problem with that is it it, <laughs> it goes against scripture first and foremost we are made to be a little while lower than the angels. I think that's talking about Christ, but also us as we will be uh, judging the angels. There, there's a clear delineation between man and angel in scripture. That's shown lots is the delineation between those. Uh, Revelation is very strong on that of like, and, and all the way throughout, right? Michael the archangel. And you see angels show up from time to time, but we are the pinnacle of God's creation. And um, so I think, the idea that heaven got another angel, we're not angels, nor will we ever be. As a matter of fact, we'll judge the angels and we will be higher than the angels. And I also think you see that concept in Revelation quite it, a bit as well. You know, I'm very curious where this line of thinking originated, because uh, I mean, I'll be honest, I, I haven't seen this one on social media as much. But where I have seen or I guess heard this one is people will tell, you know, talk about how you know, they are at, you know, a visitation or a funeral for a loved one. And they'll hear people that will, you know, verbally say this, you know, you know, heaven, got, you know, haven't got another angel. And it's kind of a meant to kind of be a comforting thing. Um, you know, so again, I guess, again, the same thing is, is how people share it on social media. I, I'm just curious where it originated, because as Joe said, I don't have a lot to add there. Not in scripture. In fact, it pretty well violates our under or not violates contradicts our understanding of scripture in the sense that, um, we don't become angels when we die. Um, so yeah, that's just kind of me thinking out loud. I'm, I'm curious as to where, cause I mean, I've heard of people that will, again, verbally say this out loud who aren't on social media. So I don't think it's an, a social media, um, engineered thing. I think that, that somewhere along the way we've, we've come to this, a lot of people I should say have come to this false misunderstanding or this, this false understanding of the afterlife to the point where they think basically, we become angels when we die. And maybe that's simply because they're equating heaven and, and, you know, anybody who's not God up in heaven is an angel. Obviously again, that that's contradict scripture, but I don't know guys, any thoughts on kind of where this has originated? Jack may know um, better than me, but what comes to my mind, they've been showing cherubim as little babies with wings for a long time. I mean, that's going back into like classic um, classic art and such. So, I don't know. I mean, it could be that that's there is some ties to that of the baby with the wings. And so when you go up there, we that's we call kind of get our wings, so to speak. Uh, and, and that goes back into what the Renaissance, maybe even before. So I think this what's idea the, uh, of, kind of bringing the two together has been going on for a long time. What's the famous It's a Wonderful Life thing where every time something happens, an angel gets its wings? Uh, bell rings. What it is. Bell rings. That's yeah. what it there is. you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ar Arby's is great for that. Everybody walks out of the Arby's. You ever go there? Ding, 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 ding. 
You ever walk out of an Arby's where they have where they have the? Bell I do for not good frequent service? Arby's, Joe. <laughs> I, I haven't been in an Arby's in years, but now it's like, oh well, they're they're helping populate Ar- heaven. Arby's and is, wings. that's right. Arby's is the OG with that little, uh, hey, ring the bell for good service. Like, all right, I'll ring that. I I was no, totally no? unaware. Okay. Yeah, sorry guys, okay. <laughs> missed the reference. We digress. We very much. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, it, again, is a very much thing that, that predates uh, social media, as you said. Uh, I've got stuff pulled up how, you know, even Eastern religion, you know, the, the stuff of reincarnation, like what do we become after we die? But, um, you know, you go to, to Job and it talks about the uh, sons of God shouted for joy, you know, when he created. And, and so this idea, they were there before us. Um, and, and Revelation, as Joe mentioned, we're teaching through uh, it's going up on Focus Plus. The angels are are there, you know, around the throne, and uh, angels are being sent on these missions, doing different things like that. You see in the Old Testament, angels being sent down to deliver messages or prophecy. You know, hey, this thing's going to happen, uh, even with with Jesus's birth, and um, that is part of their job is as a messenger. Is in fact, it's one of those, especially in the Greek, the word can be a little interchangeable: messenger, angel, you know, servant of just one that is sent to do. Uh, uh, the bidding. And so, yeah, I, I don't really know. I guess it is because we have such a limited concept of heaven. And for so many people, it is the, the harps, the clouds, the, you know, whatever else. Um, and man, I think the worst version of this, when we talk about comforting people, there's like a poem and I, I've even seen this printed on like funeral programs, the one about like, you know, well, God, we didn't, we weren't ready for you to go, but God needed you kind of thing. Like God, God needed another angel. And so that's like, so you're saying that God killed this person to because he yeah. because he didn't have enough employees like that? No, let's let's not go down that road. But it, it and so this is one of the the easier ones. We're going to get into some more uh, controversial ones. I don't think this is all that controversial for anyone who knows anything. But man, it's so popular, and I think it I think it would help people because this is one of those pseudo religious things of people who like know just enough about religion to know about heaven angels god and so they kind of put pieces together this is one of those like hey actually there's more depth to this than you think and so let's make sure we get this right and and maybe it opens a door there i think our angels and demons was one of our best episodes um best listened to episodes people are fascinated by it and the church doesn't talk about it i think that's how a lot of this happens is just we're not talking about demonology and angels and 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 kind of the spiritual realm and how that works. And so a lot of these things do get, do get shared and they just don't know any better. And so I think that's a really good point, Jack, of maybe use this as an opportunity to, to reel people in, right. And to get them to know a little bit better and for non-Christians who share it to open up for further discussion. So I like that. What's uh, the second I, one? You, well, sorry, before we get to that, just, you know, uh, you had mentioned Hebrews 114, are they not all ministering spirits sent out to render service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation? Uh, you'd mentioned, you know, elsewhere that we'll, we'll judge the angels those are we're actually better we're above them in the differentiated from them yeah and not to get too deep down the revelation rabbit hole but they you know the casting down the crowns and we say oh we cast down our crowns no they cast down their crowns and they step back because it's our turn you know we with jesus we are we were he was a little while lower than the angels and then he you know raises up ascends into heaven and, and he's bringing us with him right up you know into to reign with him they don't reign we reign and and so yeah, I mean, like we are better off than them, and so I, I think that's you know another important part of it. All right, let's move on to the next one here. Uh, going back to I'll put this on the screen. Uh, very popular one. God gives his toughest battles to his strongest soldiers. Uh, 
this comes in a million different forms. I've seen this, you know, and, and anytime somebody's going through a, a hard time, some people share it for themselves. Some people share it to others and say, well, just be strong because God gives his toughest battles to his strongest soldiers. Uh, all right. What do we think about this one? Agree? Disagree? So, so I think we, first of all, need to think about the implications of that. Like that's a very nice poetic thing to to say, but you know, think about what that implies, which is God is basically sending trials and hardships specifically to certain people in such a way of like predetermining this person's stronger. So I'm going to give them this difficulty. And, and this person really can handle this, you know, again, just follow up the logical implications. This person can handle their loved one dying. So that's what I'm going to give them. You know what I mean? Like that to me is, is very, um, very dangerous territory to get into. The other thing though, and, and Joe, I'll hand it over to you and maybe you can comment on it. I do think that there is an element of providence where God does test us, that there are times where our faith is tested. Um, trials in our way maybe yeah exactly and so you know what level of again i guess you know we i talked to i think we brought up in class a few uh wednesday nights ago in our home congregation the concept of you know we're not deists we don't believe that god just created us and then stepped back completely out of the picture to where you know he's not involved at all and so he is involved at least to some extent However, I don't know, Joe, what do you think about this one? Again, the, just the, the just the thought process, the concept of, yeah, God thought that I could handle me losing my job. And so that's why he let me lose my job or God thought that I could handle my child passing away. So that's why he gave it to me. It, it, it's in a way putting too much on, you know, the responsibility of God that God pre-selected certain people to die or God pre-selected certain tragedies to strike. And I don't think that's how it works. I got two separate thoughts on this one you consider the other side of it, meaning God never gives difficult trials to weak people. How do you think the weak get to be strong? First off is, you know, yes, the weak are tempted. They're tested. They're tried. God doesn't tempt people, right? I'm not talking about that, but like they do have trials. They have issues. And if this was the case, if the implication is, well, God gives the, you know, God gives medium battles or, or kind of light battles to those that, you know, he recognized. No, everybody's dealing with struggles. The second thing that I would say is define strongest to his strongest or to his toughest warriors or whatever it is. Like, who gives you strength? Where do you get that from? And what I see is those who are grounded in Christ, and maybe that's what the meme is trying to say, is those who are grounded in Christ get the, the toughest battles. Um, but it it has this idea of like, those who are, I don't know. I, it's a difficult thing because there's part of it where you go, yeah. Everybody gets really tough battles and that kind of puts it to rest. And then there's other times where the reason we shared is because we're trying to help people feel like they have this, you know, they're strong, they're tough. And so it's a way to encourage people to let them know, like, hey, but the other, you know, the, the flip side of it is think about, let's say there's a really strong Christian who hasn't gone through any, any trials or struggles is that's implying, well, you're not a very strong soldier. Yeah, you're so weak. God has God, God hasn't sent you any, you know, any tough trials or anything. That's, that's exactly a bad implication I mean, the of that weak as well. Side, the opposite side is what I struggle with is, you know, that assumes that the weak people either never have trials or if you don't have trials, then you're weak. I mean, the implications there, I think, is what I struggle with. Jack, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, we, we've kind of danced around 2 Corinthians 12, of course, you know, Paul with the thorn in the flesh. And uh, I mean, more than anything, verse 9, he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for powers perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. 
Uh, therefore, I'm well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And especially when somebody sell, shares this for themselves, you know, like I'm going through a lot, but God gives us, uh, okay, glory in your weakness, not in, oh, wow, I'm, <laughs> I'm so strong that I got selected for this right, awful thing to happen. Right. Like, and, and I think you guys are on something about like God not sending it. There is another side of this, of the Job factor. I mean, Job... And, and yeah. I would, it's very hard to say that we're all Job, that anytime somebody suffers one of those tragedies, Will, that you enumerated, that it was God and Satan going, well, they haven't had it hard enough. Let's give them, you know, Satan saying, let's give them a try. Let's, let's see. If I don't think that's the case. Yeah. No, no. I, I think Job is a fairly unique situation, but that did happen. And so we'll, we'll, you know, throw that in here as well. And, and maybe even Abraham sacrificing Isaac, you know, that was a, quite a test, uh, even though that's, that's a little that's different why... than a tragedy suffered or, or things like that. That's why I brought up like I do think that God has a has a part to play I guess in sending certain tests and trials our way. I'm just not, you know, scripturally intelligent enough to tell you at what point, you know, basically how far that goes if right. that makes sense. Like I I think it'd be foolish for us to think that God does is not involved in our lives to any extent to the point where anything we go through just a uh, mere coincidence. Like I don't right. necessarily think that's the case, but again, the logical implications of I'm going to send this loved one passing away to this person and you know i don't i don't i don't think it quite because they can handle far. it but then there's but a lot of people that don't that fall away yeah you know and and so it's like well they again, weren't toughest so they want a tough soldier yeah. right god's responsible for them falling away like i don't that's not good either that's where you kind of strike that balance between open theism of god's just letting this thing play out and seeing what happens versus you know kind of the hyper calvinism of there's no free will everything's predetermined he's moving all the chess pieces at all times and you know, there's it's somewhere that, in the middle. It's yeah. a big debate there, and um, you know, obviously, we do fall somewhere in the middle. We do believe there's free will, and and God allows people to make bad choices or you know, bad things to happen. I mean, like some of these bad things that happen—an unexpected death or a sickness or whatever—happened because free will. God allowed sin, you know, Adam and Eve to sin, and they did, and the consequences of that came down. And I mean, like it's, it's this big, long theological thing, which I don't think people understand that they're wading into when they share god gives his strongest battles to his toughest soldiers but i don't know i think you know just the humility there to say what paul said of okay this is really hard because I, I think the other the other side of this that often gets shared and we didn't add this one to our list but it's very similar is the god wouldn't give you more than you can handle yeah he would i mean that's kind of the idea here is he does because then you have to lean on him well, if so everything's a, a burden that you can bear on your own uh, then you're not leaning on him like like Paul's getting at well, here. Okay, so I think at the end here, we're going to get into a discussion about sharing these in general. Is, yeah. is this something that we should be doing? But I, I did want to say, and Jack, you, you sort of referenced this. For stuff like this, the God gives his toughest battles to stronger soldiers. I do think it's very well-meaning if people share this to somebody else, somebody who's right. going through something and whatnot. Jack, as you brought up, the person who shares that on behalf of themselves, and I'm not trying to be harsh or anything like that, I don't think that that's super well-meaning. And I don't think that that's something that we really have any business doing because it is a boastful thing. It is kind of a – the other thing, and this is not a social media episode necessarily, it's an attention thing in a lot of ways. And for a lot of these that we're going to get into, it very much could be could be perceived that way. So I would – again, we'll save the should we be posting these at all discussion for the end. For stuff like this, I would encourage everybody – if you're posting it for yourself, maybe take a step back and, and reflect a little further on it before you do that. I think there's also the nature of, of suffering is it can become competitive. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you, you know, you lost your job. Well, my my spouse died. You know, like 
okay, we're not saying they're they're the same thing or comparable or I mean like they're yes, some tragedies probably are, are categorically yes. much worse than others, but in the moment they're they're all still hard. They're all still that's the plague of social media though, is it gets us into that mindset of the biggest victim, biggest uh like you said, it's a competition in a way for a lot of people. Right, right. And so yeah, I, you know, kind of judging the, well, this is the, this is there. I mean, there's two extreme or two superlative statements there. His toughest battles to his strongest soldiers, like, okay. So strongest that's relative toughest that's relative. I mean, like this is, it's such a weird way of looking at things rather than just kind of, I don't know. There's a little bit of Matthew six in this of each day has enough trouble for its own. And, and just, just worry about what you got in front of you as Joe brought up James one consider it all joy when you encounter various trials. And um, I don't know. I, I just don't think it's the right way to look at trials in general, but man, I think of all that we're going to go through here, that's probably the one I see shared most frequently yeah. on, on social media. All right. Anything else on this one? Nope. All right. Let's move, move on. Number next three. One. And you get, you get to start on this one. Cause I started, we'll start it. Now you get to start on this, oh, okay. uh, this next one. Oh man. He's going to pick an easy one. Oh, well, no. <laughs> it's just the next one on the list. Uh, I will I will describe this one briefly. It's Jesus, a cartoon Jesus, dragging away a man, a Bible-thumping man who's yelling at an atheist or whatever. Um, and it says, Christ called you to win souls, not to win arguments. That's so annoying. <laughs> so annoying. Part of winning a soul is winning an argument because the person's soul is lost because they're wrong. Right. You know, they're... And so, like... It implies that you can win the soul without winning the argument. Right, that you can just love somebody into salvation, which we're going to have a little bit more about love a little bit later. But I don't know. There's very much this this idea that debate is bad, that Christians shouldn't engage in debate. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I've got I've got quite a few thoughts on this. In fact, I've got an article I'm going to release and you know, put out here soon through uh, through my site. We totally misread John four, the woman at the well. Uh, and there's so much stuff about Jesus crossing cultural barriers and showing love and all that. It's true. I, I you look at that. It's like a minute, minute, two minute, two to three minute conversation at most. Right. And Jesus says, you're wrong about religion and you're in sin. Like it is totally confrontational. He is debating yeah. her. He's arguing with her about, no, you actually are not worshiping in the right place. About her no, life. <laughs> yeah. Your lifestyle is wrong. Yep. You, yeah. Actually, you're not actually married to the guy you're with. You are. Uh, in sin after five other guys and i mean like that whole thing is incredibly confrontational but then you look at uh acts two i mean peter getting up saying you guys killed jesus and Acts 17 of you know paul going up and saying well hey you got this unknown god let me tell you about him let me tell you about the god that you don't know because all your other gods aren't any good i mean Steven like in Acts seven yeah the, I mean, yeah through. i mean like it is heavy confrontation is the only thing that moved the gospel forward throughout the book of acts was going and saying you're wrong and you need to learn about Jesus. And because when you call somebody to repent, what is the message behind that? You got to change. You gotta well, change yeah. yeah. You got to change. Well, why would somebody believe they, they need to change if they're not told they're wrong? And so I think there's a lot so, of, I mean, the go ahead. I, I'll get to that point in a bit. Go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, I think I've got a few thoughts on this. I think the, the underlying problems with this are found in, again, it's the idea that you can win their soul without, Without any debate, without that you don't worry about the arguments, worry about their soul. That's in that's that's enveloped in the topic. When you're trying to save somebody's soul, there's probably going to be disagreement. There's probably going to or there's possibly going to be debate and argument, and so that's kind of inevitable in a lot of ways. Especially the the more people are wrapped up 
in the world. I mean, think about the John Ford, the, the, the Samaritan woman. She was very clearly wrapped up in the world and her lifestyle and sin. And listen, calling people out of sin and calling people out of a lifestyle, a, a pattern of behavior that they want to do. Yeah, that's probably going to involve an argument or two that you you have to win. And I, I see this from two different areas. First of all, from people who want to be as appealing to the world as possible. People who want the pat on the back, the the fawn looks from people who are, you know, again in the world. And so they'll post stuff like this or they'll even say stuff like this as kind of a shot at people who are um, you know, again, like the, with the abortion thing when Roe v. Wade was uh overturned and how a lot of us got don't up celebrate and, you it. Know, right. Don't say what would what would the world think? And it, it's it's in the same vein of we just need to worry about their soul. Don't worry about being right about abortion or don't worry about being right about you know, racial stuff or transgenderism or whatever, like no part of winning their soul is being right about that and and making sure we know that it's not us being right. It's that God's right and we're on God's side. And that's the most important thing. It's not about, well, I want to be right and I want to be come out on top of the argument. It's that God's right on this and I'm on God's side. And that's what makes it right. The other thing, and uh might get me in a little trouble about this. I see this a lot, Jack, your um article that was not loved by a lot of people about low testosterone men not being able to um, <laughs> handle <laughs> confrontation. Again, not. I think that plays into this here. I, I think that plays into this type of thinking, this type of meme where it's like, listen, we shouldn't be confrontational. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be trying to win arguments. I see that a lot from guys who, again, like guys are afraid of confrontation a lot. And we are the... We, we've we've said before we are the ones pushing masculinity in the church the most, at least as far as we know. We have a whole other podcast about masculinity, the Godly Young Men podcast, shameless plug. Um, part of masculinity is the ability to handle and the ability to, uh, you know, not necessarily seek out, but the ability to handle, I guess is the best way to put it, confrontation. And the ability to godly and righteously handle confrontation. And what, what I see from a lot of guys, and maybe the 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 obese, overweight, lack of testosterone thing is a symptom of it. A lot of guys would just rather post stuff like this and say, well, let's not worry about the argument. Let's just worry about souls. I was going to say, Joe, I'll, I'll let you jump in here in a minute. But right before you got to that, it hit me. This is our nice guyism episode as applied to evangelism. And yes, so exactly. I, I'm in full agreement with your point here. Um, because and, and the deep thinkers, obviously, you've been keeping up with this. So that was about a month ago. But uh, if you didn't, that was a uh, pretty well received episode because I think it, it touches on a lot of important things. And this is one manifestation of it. And. We talked about man, uh, um, uh, nice guyism has the covert contract thing. I'm going to be really nice. I'm going to be a good boy. And then you're going to give me what I want, you know, with, with their wife of, well, I did the dishes, honey. So now you got to give me sex. And it's like, that's not right. Well, the same thing of, all right, lost people. I was really nice to you. I didn't argue with you. I didn't ever tell you. I you didn't were try wrong. to win an argument. You know, right. I, well, even benevolence. Look, we, we fed the homeless and we did all this stuff. So you, you guys are going to become Christians now, right? Like, and then they don't do it. And then we're surprised. Like, well, what happened? Well, it was that covert contract? We never said that they were supposed to. We never you know, brought them around to those things. And so what you end up with is lost people who don't want to follow Jesus at all going, well, those are sure some nice Christians. At least they're not the judgmental type. Like, well, okay, yeah. you're going to love them straight into hell. And so it, it, again, it's nice guyism as applied to evangelism. Uh, Joe, go ahead. Yeah, no, I. the one thing that I'll say in standing up for the meme you know, it's got the guy shaking his fist. There is a way to talk with people. 
Yeah, there is oh, a for way sure. to there, convert. There's a little want, bit of truth here. Correct. I, I want to just say that, like for the people that want to maybe say, well, no, no, sure. We want to, granted, we want to say like, you can't beat people into the ground with it. The Bible thumpers, as we talk about, I don't like the term Bible thumpers because it, yeah, we ought to be thumping the Bible. Like that's where we stand. We stand <laughs> right. on scripture. So go for it, go for it. Right. Um, however, I do see like the Westboro Baptist, for, for instance, now, a lot of what they do is horrible. Obviously, they're not standing on scripture for clear reasons, but that idea of like attacking people almost, I see some some Christians love to engage in the debates, the arguments, just to kind of attack people and to, to do that. Just for the sake of argument. Just right. for the sake of argument. Like, yes, exactly. They're kind of the alpha male going after it. Like, we want to be, that I don't like the idea of alpha males have to back down type of thing. No, but we don't want to seek out arguments for the sake of it. We have to be willing to stand up and argue when it presents itself and when we are standing for the truth. And I think there is a strong difference there of those seeking out arguments with atheists, just trying to beat them into the ground versus I'm absolutely going to defend what I believe. And if it gets into an argument, okay, I'm standing on scripture. You know what I mean? There's a difference there. That's why I brought up, it's, it's not about. I want, I want to come out on top in this argument. I want to right. be right. I want to make sure they know I'm right. It's God's word is right. God is right. I'm on his side. This is this is what I believe. And and Joe, I, I do think there is a clear difference. And I think most people can tell the difference versus people yeah. who just want to be Mr. Right and just want to be Mr. Argumentative and, and again, come out on top of the argument versus people who are just genuinely passionate about what they believe and they know that it's right because it's in, it's in God's word and they're defending it. And they're, again, you can't, there, there are very few instances, I guess I'll say where you can correctly, or I guess effectively, I should say evangelize or reach somebody's soul without stepping on their toes to some extent, without right. bringing in some kind of argument about maybe they're living with their boyfriend, girlfriend, maybe they're, maybe they're pro abortion, maybe they're pro transgenderism, maybe there's all kinds of things. And to to have this, I think the biggest problem with it, as we started with with this meme, it implies that that you can win souls without necessarily being right on things, and without you know winning winning arguments necessarily. That the God's only way word to win has to win the argument. That. That's right. The only right. way to win souls it pits them against one another, and that's not that's a false. You can't do that. You can't well, pit arguments and souls against one another. It's funny the scripture that's used to make Jesus into this kind of nice guy caricature people make is usually the Sermon on the Mount. Where does he start off in the Sermon on the Mount right after the Beatitudes? You have heard that it was said this, but I say that, hey, the rabbis are wrong. You know, this thing that all of you guys have been taught your whole life growing up. No, we're not it's doing not it right. that way anymore. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that was wrong from the beginning. Hey, your marriage. No, not good. You know, the, just all, all of he goes into that over and over. And then also in the Sermon on the Mount, you know, as you're saying about like not just getting into these round and round arguments, Matthew seven, uh, I think it's verse six, the don't cast your pearls before swine. Like that's also part of this of, yeah, it's not about just yelling at, at who can be loudest. You know, some of these like uh, first take kind of, or, or Fox news, CNN kind of ah, like these debates you see all over TV. Yeah. That's pretty useless, but right. having the conversation to say you're wrong. Cause with all of these, again, I think they all introduce other bad ideas that are out there. And one that's really popular is preach the gospel at all times. If necessary, use words like, Nope. No, no. The gospel is good news. You have right. to speak good news. Like that's and and that sometimes means repent. I mean, that's at the heart of the gospel message. And so, yeah, this one again, there is a kernel of truth in there uh, because sometimes you hear people say, "Well, I spoke the truth, and that's the most loving thing you could do." Like, 
No, there's a reason Paul says, speak the truth in love. In there's love, a reason yeah. there's those first few verses of first Corinthians 13 of you're a clanging symbol. If you're just bashing people over the head. And so, yeah, don't do that, but still don't go the other way and never tell somebody they they're wrong. They need to change. They need to repent or whatever. All right. Any more on that one? No, all right. We got two more. And then, like I said, kind of a couple of generic uh, discussions here. Let me pull up our next one here. Oh, a classic. Uh, you don't have a soul. <laughs> you are a soul. You have a body. This is attributed to C.S. Lewis. It's never anything he said. In fact, kind of goes against some of the things he did say. But this idea that we are, you know, eternal souls that occupy a body. It's like this, this vessel this shell that holds us for a little while and that's the only thing that really matters so it's um called, it's called gnosticism yeah it's gnosticism, gnosticism. jack's dogma podcasts on this because i think they did a great episode on it um that is the problem is they act like our physical bodies don't matter like oh well those will be cast aside except for the fact that we'll have new bodies in heaven right that that we will be raised up and we see this for sicilians for like you can get into discussions Jesus has this this new body, right? When he comes back, he returns from the grave. That's what we're all going to get, and we see this. And so there is a physical element to this. And when we talk about God made man in his image, that we can get into a lot of different things. It's dominion. It's a lot of things, breath of life, things like that. But we almost look at it as, well, and he also made the body. Do you have any idea how complex the human body is? You could say, well, yeah, so is a snail. Like, they're, they're complex too. It's not, it's not like God just threw it together. Like, ah, I guess this will work. Correct. Like this is incredibly important. And I genuinely do believe and this, this may get us in the hot water, depending on where you're at. I genuinely do believe we will have a very similar body in heaven, a very similar body. I think one that doesn't undergo any, you know, any aging things like that, but I think we will have a heavenly physical body and a meme like this kind of hits it. No, no, we're just going to be these ethereal souls floating around this white space with God in heaven. I really don't think that's how things work, and so well, I think the, it's a, it's almost a new heavens, new earth type meme when you when you think about it. Well, the way that memes like this kind of manifest themselves is everything is constantly always about the spiritual. Physical doesn't matter at all. The body doesn't matter at all. Doesn't matter how you treat your body. Doesn't matter um, basically anything about your body. Just just your the soul. spiritual. He's right. Your soul. I mean, that's the most important thing, right? And man, I just think about Jesus. In his 33 years or 30 years, however many years he was on the earth. Bible doesn't say this. I tend to believe he treated his body very well. I, I tend to think he did not view his body as something that, you know, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna get killed on the cross here in a few years. So, you know, it doesn't really matter how I treat it. I don't see Jesus doing that. And yet that's what a lot of people that's the perspective that a lot of people have is that kind of man, I just gotta get to just gotta get to the afterlife, just gotta get to heaven. So it doesn't matter about my life on this one. And Listen, of course, we need to be focusing on heaven and, and emphasizing and prioritizing the life after this one. That's Colossians 3. Set your mind on uh, spiritual things and heavenly things rather than strictly earthly things. But to do so at the expense of your life here on this earth, I mean, God placed us here for a reason, and it wasn't to just twiddle our thumbs and kill time until heaven. It wasn't just to kill time until the afterlife. And we talked about this a lot on our on this podcast and on, on the Godly Young Men podcast as well about Listen, Christ, Christ is to rule and, and reign over all of our lives and have dominion over everything in this life, and that includes the way we treat our bodies. That includes the things that we eat, the, the way that we exercise. That includes finances. That includes a lot of things that 
memes like this and this type of mindset kind of ignore. Um, again, it's just about the spiritual, and that's there's nothing else matters. Spiritual is the most important, without a doubt. But to say or to imply that that's the only thing that matters to me simply is a misunderstanding of why God placed us on this earth to begin with. Jack? Well, yeah, you, so you, Joe went back to Genesis 1. God creates it. It's very good. Sin corrupts. Sin brings, as we, we just mentioned a few minutes ago, the, the death and the disease and all the things that corrupt the body. And so your view on that is, is God's view to come and be like, yep, that thing's terrible. Let's just throw it away. Or let's find a way to redeem it. Like that, let's let's bring this back. And Jesus takes on flesh himself, which is a really big deal that he he went to do that. Because the other thing that gets missed in this is the soul lives on forever, no matter what. I mean, if you believe in hell as eternal conscious torment, which is pretty much the standard belief of Christianity, that that's that soul is going to live on consciously, even though it's it's you know in torment, it's it's not in a good place. It's still living. And so in if if your sense of eternal life is just a soul that goes on forever, well, then those going to hell also have eternal life. Eternal life has to mean something different and better for those that are saved. And when we talk about resurrection, I think that's one of the other things that's a bit of a paradox to me. The, the fur or the not a paradox, but a, a, a conundrum, I guess, for this idea is if we have eternal life and they have eternal life and it just means living in different places, that doesn't make sense. And so the resurrection is part of that. But the other is, so Jesus is going to come back. We're all going to be raised from the dead. We're going to meet him in the air. So we're going to be reunited with our bodies for a good five minutes, maybe. And, and then there we shed them like husks again. Like, why? What's the point? I mean, why, why does he need to come back for us? If we can just be transferred straight to, you know, if again, we're that white glowing orb or an angel or, you know, whatever form we take where we don't actually have a body anymore. Why does he need to come back and raise us from the dead? Like, we're already alive in that sense that eternal life goes on forever. These, these things don't add up together, but I don't think we spend a lot of time thinking about them. And then it, to Will's point, it matters how you treat the body. You know, that whole, it's all going to burn mentality. You know, we, we all have things like this where you kind of, you go to the store and you buy the cheap tool and it's like, okay, I'm not really going to take care of this thing. Cause I know it's not going to be around for long, you know, and, but then there's the things that you buy and they're nice and you want to preserve them. You want to take care of them because they matter. Well, the same thing goes on, you know, goes for, you know, to Will's point about the body is, no, this, this is important. God created it. He called it very good. Uh, the redemption of the body. I wanted to read Philippians 3.21. It talks about uh, us in verse 20, eagerly waiting for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory. Well, we saw the body of his glory. It was pretty amazing. He was teleporting. He was, you know, like everything that happened after the resurrection was pretty crazy on the other hand they touched they felt the holes they're like he was real he was actually there and it's a very gnostic thing to be like well no he wasn't actually he got rid of the the flesh or he never actually was here in the flesh or no the fact that god took on flesh we joe mentioned who let the dogma out we did an episode on uh kind of the theology of the body and gnosticism in the first season and in this last one we did why it matters that jesus became a human so you want to deep dive on those, uh, I'd, I'd go check out those episodes. But yeah, I mean, this is one of those that it, the standard way of explaining these things just doesn't make sense to me. And once again, another one of those that opens up into a much more difficult discussion. And so packaging it into a cute little meme sounds good, but there's a lot more spiritual implications underneath it that I just think are wrong and a lot of presuppositions that are made and, and specifically, you know, it's the same thing with, with angels and demons. We don't discuss souls very much. It's a spiritual realm thing. We don't discuss like we because we don't know it. 
and this is a big problem in the church of Christ. We've, we've hit this before. If we don't have a thousand percent clarity on what is what, like black and white, Holy Spirit being one of them, angels and demons, we can't fully know. And so we'd rather just disengage from the discussion altogether. That's the the struggle with this is, you know, a soul. It's a very interesting and, and delicate discussion when we're talking about what is coming in the afterlife, right? What does heaven look like? What does eternal life mean? Do we have that eternal body? And a lot of people are are either they shut down the discourse about it and they label you as a heretic or they just don't want to have the discourse at all. And so we get bad memes like this that uh, they get shared. And so it's just interesting to see most of these are well-meaning. This one to me is just, I don't understand why, what, what relevancy this has, right? The other ones are trying to encourage people, trying to lift them up, whatever it is, whatever it is. Like, what are we getting out of this? I, th- one I think it's trying to, have a body? I think it's trying to tell people to focus on the spiritual, but okay. I, I think, I guess. okay. Yeah. I, I think it's important for Christians to kind of get back to, you know, Hey, this life does matter because I think one of the things we overdo is it, this sounds bad and people get mad when I say it. we overemphasize heaven where it's like, well, all of this, you know, whatever happens here. Yeah. It, it get through this because when we die, then it gets good. It's like, no, it, it starts being good here as a Christian. And, and there's a lot to live for here. That's going to echo into eternity. So right. Treat it that way. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got one more, I believe. Number five. Number five. Uh, classic. Uh, they will know oh, you yeah. are my disciples by your, and it has crossed out rules, theology, righteousness, power, rhetoric, purity, or clubs, and then circles love. They'll know your disciples by my or by your love, John thirteen thirty five. Um, I we could add like infinite things to this list. Well, it doesn't say they'll know your disciples by your waffles. Doesn't say they'll know your dis- <laughs> your my disciples by your car you drive. It doesn't say they'll know your my disciples by your football team i mean like yeah i mean you can you can throw a million it, uh, it does say politics, love so you throw your politics on there yeah but acting as if our our rules our theology our righteousness that those things are that our own purity is not this uh, is, part of our witness i mean okay this is what's maddening about memes like this it is again the, the kind of the manifestation of the well love god love others as the extent of the new testament commands it literally memes like this literally and, and again people who have this mindset literally act as if love is the only characteristic that Christians are supposed to have. Like that's it. That's the list. That's and the funny thing the, is yeah, I, they reject doctrine, so we can't define love. That's exactly it. Right. Yeah. What is love? <laughs> don't do right. it. Baby, don't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. But Man, if you're looking at thought. I'm so sorry. Well, I'm <laughs> no, I was just gonna say again, just the I always go to what is the what are the logical implications of this and the logical implications of this as you go back to that meme is your purity doesn't matter your righteousness doesn't matter your you know the, the only thing that matters is love and that's simply not the case that's simply not the case and and to go ahead no i was just going to say matthew 7 they'll know you by your fruits right like the you'll you'll be able to understand well that's not in john 13:35 and so therefore it's like well the fruit that you produce is something that we can know whether you're good or bad from. So where does that enter into the discussion? How do we have good fruits? You're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. I mean, like, is that not your purity, your righteousness or some of those things on that list? Like if it's not, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously love is, we're we're not saying this to downplay love and, you know, the love of the church for each other, the unity of the church, he gets back to in, in John 17, 
um, in his prayer in 20 through 23, that they're going to know that he was sent from the father because we are one. That's a really important thing is, is our relationships with each other. But as if that's the only thing as if holiness, right. I, I mean, because again, we don't respect the old Testament enough. You go to the old Testament, God said, come out from among them and be separate. You're the whole world is going to know you're, and you're going to be a light to the nations. That's one of the ways they failed is they were supposed to be a light to the nations by being different. We don't worship your gods. We don't sacrifice the way you do. We don't, you know, engage in sexual activity the way you do. We're not, we're not like you. We're different. And, and that was supposed to be part of their way of being a light. And now Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Well, and even having that theology crossed out, they will know you are my disciples by your, nope, not theology. Like, I'm sorry, I'm, I pretty well know who a disciple of Christ is based on their theology. You know what I mean? Like that can pretty, right. that can pretty easily disqualify somebody from being a disciple. You love everybody and your theology is messed up. Sorry, <laughs> like that's just the way it works. And so, yeah, I mean, we could we could go for a while on this. It's just it's frustrating that the again, love God, love others has been you know, getting kind of elevated to the pedestal of this is the chief concern. Uh, basically to to eliminate all the other concerns for like the new the rest of the New Testament does exist as you said walk in the spirit walk you know don't walk according to the flesh there's all kind of things that are indicators of whether or not we're a disciple but people in the world and, and that's that's the other thing if people in the world share this that's one thing they, they don't understand scripture they are they are misinformed you know I don't want to say ignorant but you know they're in the world when people in the church are sharing stuff like this, that's a major red flag as to, once again, your understanding of the New Testament and your understanding of the way Christians are supposed to live in this life. As always, this is typically just a cover-up for let's tolerate everything, let's approve everything, let's show the world how loving we are, forget theology, forget rules, forget doctrine, forget purity, forget righteousness. Yeah, I don't really see Jesus making that implication in John 13. But it's winsome, winsome. Right. Right. I mean, that's really what right. it comes down to is where it's winsome. Um, and therefore you can share this with your buddies. Anybody, any Christian could share this who in the world, other than us, we'd come out and say, Hey, that's wrong. Who in the world is going to be like, Oh, that's not right. All the, all your gay friends or whatever else that's are what I'm be saying. like, see, that's exactly it. So yeah, you're attempting to kind of be winsome and you're missing the entire boat because how do you work back from this one? Once you put this forward and everybody knows you as love, anytime you take a stand and go, Hey, but dude, like it's not okay to be a homosexual. Whoa, 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 hold on. You you just said that they'll know you by your love. And now you've weaponized John 13, 35 against you because every time you share this, anybody who you disagree with, going back to the arguments one, but anybody who you disagree with, all of a sudden you can no longer have a, a They've good got the Trump discussion card. because they got the Trump card. That's not loving. That's not loving. You fail to define love and you chopped yourself off at the knees because everything that helps you define love, you just crossed out way to go. So don't weaponize love. Don't weaponize these things against uh, against yourself by sharing these memes. Stand up for and all of those things. Let's speak real quick, and Jack, and then I'll hand it to you, to the true side of this meme, which is you know, being a loving people, being a kind people, that should differentiate Christians. Like People should be able to see a difference between followers of Christ and those who are not followers of Christ based on you know, again, the, the acts of kindness that we perform, the love that we show to people. And the, of course, that that needs to be a major aspect of, of our lives as Christians. But the problem with memes like this, once again, and, and thought thought processes and, and perspectives like this is, yeah, that that's not to the detriment or to the to the um, what am I saying? Exclusion 
of all these other things that are also are very much indicators of being a Christian. So there's truth to it. It's just very misleading. Yeah, it's, it's a false dichotomy. Oh, well, the theology doesn't matter because love, no. But you're right. Love can be our foot in the door. And if you don't have that, you know, the grumpy little old church lady who tells the visitor, you're in my seat. Like, okay. I mean, like, they, they don't know your disciples by, by your love. Yeah, I mean, that that is the proper application of this uh, and, and our love for each other. And as I uh say you know a lot and and given my church reset lessons you know the love god love others thing it's so basic love others is great bible doesn't say that it it says love your neighbor as yourself that's a really high calling too but then what jesus is saying here is to your church family love one another as i have loved you like be willing to die for each other love others better than yourself that is a really really challenging thing and so even this undercuts the power in that love but that's not just our, well, you know, they see a bunch of nice people and they're going to want to, no, no. I mean, like, again, it's your foot in the door to which you can use to explain your theology and, and what righteousness means and, and all of those different things. And so, I don't know, I think, well, and even on there, it has, you know, they'll know you're my disciples, not by your, your clubs. Well, it's going to look like a club to the world when we love each other more than we, we love anybody else, when we care for each other, when, when there is an exclusivity to this, and anyone can come be a part of it, but also you don't just get the benefits of the church without converting and being a disciple and, and being part of it and, and committing yourself. And so, yeah, I mean, there, there's a million ways this is wrong. Um, again, obviously the Bible verse is true. What right. they're doing with it is is quite an abuse of it. Well, right, and it's more, the classic kind of kind of pull a verse out of context, just plop it into a into a meme or into an argument, and yep. kind of ignore the surrounding context. So that's that's all the memes that we had, guys. Did y'all want to talk any more about those, or are we ready to move on to kind of this last section here? Yeah. Had... Well, I want to say a quick a quick thing because Jack, I think you did have one more that you had shared. Uh no, I'm not even going to post it because I, I have and a problem I was going to say I, I would I wouldn't post it, and I was actually going to ask you not to, um, because. We want to have a brief word on the AI-generated images of Jesus and such. Not even just um, that. Reverence in general. And there's, reverence there's in There's so general. many of like, you know, the little cartoon guys, the Wojak or whatever, talking to Jesus, you know, and Jesus talking back to them like, man. And it's kind of the same thing. There used to be the whole preacher joke. Well, God and Peter, we're out on the golf course. Like, no, 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 no. Right. Have a little reverence. But the AI-generated one, you know, somebody had posted one of, I asked AI for a picture of Jesus flipping over tables and it was Jesus doing a backflip. You know, it show it's a picture of Jesus, a Jesus esque figure um, doing a backflip over a table. Like don't post that. Or I saw somebody post a Jesus taking a selfie at the last supper. What are you doing? Right. What are we doing here? Yeah. I mean, that, and that's, that's all we're saying. How is, is that reverent at all? There's no reverence. Read revelation and come to that conclusion that it's okay to treat Jesus in that way. Like, the reverence that we ought to have, the holy, 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 we see it in Isaiah 6, right? They're calling that out. They've been doing this the entire time. Holy, holy, holy. Same thing in Revelation 4. Like the reverence that they have in heaven for God is unparalleled. And that's the reverence we're supposed to have. You're standing on holy ground, Moses. Take your shoes off. And we have the gall to, and, and I was telling you guys this off air, like, and this is just a kind of go-to, quick go-to thing for you. If you're ever thinking about typing Jesus or any image of Jesus into AI, just stop. Just don't. There is no reason, in my opinion, to do it. We're looking for a laugh. We're looking for whatever else. Do not bring him down to our level. He's not on our level, nor should he be. There needs to be a serious reverence about it. So we just want to make that point as well, because you see those images getting shared on social media. 
make sure that everything that you're sharing comes through the, you know, kind of passes through the reverence lens of, is this reverential to our God and Father and, and to Jesus Christ? Um, most of those well, things just aren't. I think this gets us into this last section well, of, I just of want the usefulness say, of this. I want to say two more things on the reverence. First is... I just think about, you know, the stories of, of the scribes in the Old Testament, you know, and or the, the Masoretic or the, the Essene, whichever one it is, I'm, I'm forgetting which one, that transcribed the Old Testament, that when they came to the Yahweh name, would put the pen down, get a new pen, go wash their hands, wash themselves, come back, write God's name, go back and wash it. Like, I'm not worthy of writing this name. And we're over here, oh, let's see if we can do Jesus getting a backflip. Like, no, stop it, number one. But number two... There's a very interesting debate to be had, which we don't have time for at the end of this, of the idea of the second commandment violation. You should not make any images right. of God. And and pictures of Jesus, comics of Jesus, you can get into TV shows of Jesus, you know, movies of Jesus, things like that. A lot of people think it's a second commandment mm -hmm. violation. Uh, like I said, I don't come down firmly on that one way or another. I was going to I was going to hold you off on about. that, Jack. Maybe a deep end discussion. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I need to think about it a little bit more, but I'm just going to float it out there of like, it may even rise to that level. And even if it doesn't, it's just not reverent. So I want to make those two points. We will push that to the deep end, but let's go ahead to this last point you had there, Will. Well, I think they tie together. That's why I was getting into it is kind of the way that social media has watered down presentation of the gospel, kind of watered down spiritual things. And obviously these these memes and things like that are a manifestation of it. Kind of where we wanted to end here is basically should we be sharing stuff like this at all and obviously the, the ones that we've specifically pointed out all of us are in agreement there's problems with them um some of them multiple problems with them and therefore we shouldn't share those but just kind of the the christian meme culture i guess of just sharing these things to our facebook and sharing these things to our instagram or whatever should we be doing it at all and let me let me kind of frame it um, in such a way where, you know, people aren't just going to go, OK, really, they're saying we shouldn't share Christian things on our social media. I think there there, there could be several problems with it. Um, first of all, I think it can give people kind of a false sense of evangelism in the sense of like, this is my evangelism is that I, I share a Bible verse, you know, screenshot or I I share a uh, again, a Christian meme. And man, I'm I'm I sure I'm reaching the world, aren't I? First of all, no, you're not. I don't know of anybody who's ever been converted because, oh man, that, that, that scripture that they posted on their Instagram story caused me to go, you know, obey the gospel. I just don't, I don't think that happens first of all. But second of all, I, I think it's, it's such a lazy way of, again, saying that you're or pretending that you're carrying out the great commission by sharing stuff like this. But then the other side of it is, I think it can kind of be a look at me, look how spiritual I am kind of thing where you know, the people who do, and I, I'm not trying to cast aspersions on everybody who does it. I know that there are, I'm sure there are listeners that we have that post stuff like this. And uh, listen, I'm not trying to cast aspersions on, on it. What I'm trying to do and what we're trying to do with this last section is get us to think a little deeper about it. What's the point of it? What's the purpose of it? Again, we can talk about the problems with these memes that we brought up. Just sharing stuff like this in general. What is the point? What is the purpose? Is it to reach people with the gospel? Again, you're probably not doing that. Is it to kind of float out there again? Look how spiritual I am. That's a very cynical way of looking at things. I do think people do do it for that reason, and so I guess that's where I would open up the discussion and encourage all of our listeners. Just ask yourself if, if you are somebody who is kind of a perpetual poster of things like that. What is the purpose behind it? Because as as we've seen, I think a lot of it can water down the gospel so much and water down 
um, God's word so much that again, just taking a bite-sized scripture, putting it in a meme or uh, even the, just one verse, ignoring context, all these things, in my opinion, I think it can do more harm than good. So I am not a Christian meme scripture, you know, screenshot sharer. Guys, I don't know what thoughts you have to add on whether or not this is a good idea for Christians at all. I think it can be an encouragement from time to time. I'm I'm more in your camp than not. I don't really, I don't post on social media. Uh, I don't remember the last post that I had other than maybe sharing a focus press thing or something. Um, I think you can run everything through that, that filter, everything you post. Is this helpful? What, what is the reason I'm doing this? Like, for? What's you know? the point? Right. Right. I'm going to tell you all about my, uh, my amazing trip to such and such or, or to my amazing marriage. Like, are you trying to convince us or convince yourself or like, what, what's that for? Right. Um, almost everything on social media, I think you could say that too, but I will say, I'll give the benefit of the doubt. I think there's some people that are gen genuinely trying to be encouraging. They're trying to post some things that are uplifting or whatever else. The caution would be, make sure that what you're posting is actually legitimately biblical. <laughs> As we're seeing a couple of these things, sure, they're attempting, hey, you are you must be one of God's strongest soldiers. No, no, no. Like you're trying to encourage, but why don't you just pick up the phone and call them? Oh, wait, because it's a right. social media and we can't do that. That's the problem with it. Like, there are ways to encourage, I think, that are way better. I'm not going to tell you that you're – obviously, this is not a sin issue or anything like that. But to your point, Will, I don't know that it's wise. I, I think, it, like you said, it has potential to do more harm than good a lot of times. doesn't mean always. doesn't mean there's not some really nice ones with the guy climbing the mountaintop and it just has uh, you know, something else. A lot of times it'll have Philippians 4.13. It's like that's not really what it's talking about either. <laughs> we didn't get into that, but you see that a lot too um that's my point so though it waters that's it down. the point is yes it waters a lot of things down and it tries to take and what we see in this episode is it takes a huge concept and it puts it down into a bite-sized little meme that you can share and it's like man there's so much underneath this that that really doesn't either capture all of what it's trying to say or that's just flat out wrong and now we have to explain everything else those that are just a scripture okay again you're not wrong for posting it but genuinely ask yourself why everything that you post on social media ask yourself why you're doing it and i think nine times out of ten you'll come to the conclusion you're looking to you know get people to engage in some form or the other go get people to engage in your real life that would be my point jack that's a thoughts? great way to put it as the one guy here who actually posts on social media yeah. <laughs> uh, I think there's value in it in spreading ideas. I mean, that's that's why I'm there, you know, and, and whether it's articles, podcasts or or just the images, especially, hey, deep thinkers, while you're listening, we we post image quotes of our episodes every week. Don't listen to Will and Joe. You should share those because <laughs> those they're so those full of count. they're yeah. so full of wisdom. Yeah. You get bonus heaven points for those, I guess, or something. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, I, I think. It is very much what is your motive It is very much what does this accomplish? Uh, I, I will fully admit there are some that I just throw out there to stir the pot just to be obnoxious. Oh, yeah. I don't do that's, that's that's Jack's go to. I he have pushes said, the controversial button. I have this outgrown is Jesus that grabbing too. Jack by the scruff of the neck yes. and pulling him away from I've, the argument. I've outgrown yeah. that I am not nearly the uh, the the hot button or hot take guy that I used to be. Um, which makes no. Facebook for me a little bit less entertaining. Yeah. Just for full, to be honest uh, with you, that is true. I've got so much you. to do. I don't have time to babysit the arguments that come up from that. There was there was one I did the Steven Crowder meme of uh, the, the change my mind, you know, uh, with yeah. whatever you, know, you put something on the sign. And I said that a growing lectureship culture in the church or a growing lectureship culture is a sign of an unhealthy church. 
and Ooh. oh man i got unfriended Yikes. by a number of people <laughs> so like i don't do that stuff as much anymore and so you know the idea of, of putting an idea out there an encouraging idea something to think about sure. there there were a couple actually uh, tweets i i screenshotted and posted this week that i just thought taught useful truths in bite-sized sentences um and so it's it's something to be careful with it's something you know to uh, there's a lot of obnoxious stuff. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, I, I think Christians politically share some very stupid stuff, some very, you know, kicking the hornet's nest kind of stuff, or just, you know, Hey, calling other people idiots. Uh, like, I think there's room for political. Just, I, I, I disagree with my former take that we shouldn't argue that stuff online. I think there's room for it. I just think it's like, man, your, your character needs to come through there as well. And so it's, there's a lot of give and take here. Uh, I can see some of the logic in what you guys are saying. I think there's logic on the other side. It, it, it is something to be very careful with. I, I would say just think deeper about it is all. Of course, like, you know, I, I think there is, I would rather Facebook and social media be filled with that kind of, kind of stuff than some of the stuff it is filled with. And so right. again, I'm not trying to say just completely eliminate all Christian sharing stuff on, on Facebook. I'm just, I would encourage people think a little bit deeper. Is it because I do think there are a lot of people who are, it's a, Look at me. Look how spiritual I am. If that's you, please, you know, reevaluate how you measure your spirituality. But other than that, like y'all are saying, if it's for encouraging, if it's to stir up some thought, stir up some discussion, if it's, you know, again, a lot of the stuff Jack does is not just posting a Bible verse. It's posting, you know, maybe, you know, again, a thought that that gets that's prov a thought a, a thought provoking idea or something like that. That's great. I, I was not trying to paint with a broad broad brush, but I would encourage everybody we're gonna think get, a little deeper. What we're gonna get is people are gonna be like, so. So Will and Joe just don't want people to post scripture on uh, social media is what I'm hearing. So that's yeah, what I'm hearing too. Yeah. So <laughs> okay. once again, your favorite host standing for truth over here. Um, <laughs> sure. uh, no, I, oh, okay. I did have one a while back where I said, look, the, uh, the, here's my, uh, my coffee and my Bible. I'm having my Devo time. That's my supposed point. to be between yes. you and God, Matthew yes. six, you know, like, uh, so, so be careful with that stuff. That's more um, what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, I, I definitely think it's something for wisdom. So Jack uh, does agree with us. He's just trying to be a man of the people right now. Uh, <laughs> win some. We'll see. That's, yeah, that's win, what comes yeah, to yeah, mind. Yeah, you're trying to be win Jack. some, Jack. <laughs> win some, lose some, you know. <laughs> All right. So we're going to talk second commandment violation in the deep end. We're also going to get to the comments uh, from the deep thinkers, especially in Focus Plus on friday so remember just check that out we we plugged it at the start is there anything else joe you had something? if you have if you have a meme that you're Ooh. interested in that yes i like that. submit it submit it that's if you really say good. either what are your thoughts on this and, and we'll talk about it or if you have found some that are blatantly wrong these are ones that jack has run across and, and we've seen these you know over the i think the course of months you've kind of been compiling this if you have one send them in We'll talk about it. Obviously, if you are a Focus Plus subscriber, you'll get to watch the deep end and we'll get to react live to your meme that you submit. But even if you're not, put it in the Facebook comments on, on social media. Let us know. We want to see more of these. We'll discuss more in the deep end. If you're just so painfully curious about what are they going to say about the particular meme, hey, I don't encourage this. Subscribe for a month. <laughs> there you, you go. Can watch that deep end. <laughs> um, but you I do think that will make for an interesting we... deep end. When we put a, a thing out saying, hey, share your bad memes and somebody's going to share one of our quote <laughs> Thing. yeah that's <laughs> make it one of joe's hot takes then we'll, we'll do that okay? hey 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 now hey now that all is right. quality content uh, all right uh anything else let's go ahead and get out of here and we'll uh talk to you guys next week mm -hmm.